0: The views, thoughts, and opinions expressed during this or any broadcasts belong solely to our guests or our hosts. These broadcasts do not represent or reflect the views of their employers, sponsors, or
1: affiliated organizations.
0: Flipboard is a great way to collect articles for classes, show off your school and school spirit, and share expertise with peers. Welcome to the Flipboard EDU podcast with your host, William Jeffrey, where we collaborate, communicate, and educate with the greatest educators in the world on Flipboard. Let's start the show.
1: Flipboard fam, what's up? This is your favorite coach, Coach Jeffrey. And today, I have the incomparable Stacy Boudry and Hall of Famer Dr. Michael Milstead co-hosting with me on Episode Three: Professional Development and Flipboard Fridays. In this episode, we speak with Carl Hooker, the Mad Hatter of teaching and technology integration, known as the Godfather of Learning Festivals. Carl is also an innovator in the professional development space. He is a mastermind of engaging educators and students in meaningful, fun, and content understanding. Paul is the host of the BAM Radio's Learning Unleashed ISTE podcast and the author of the best-selling book series, the Mobile Mindset. Good buddy Carl Hooker is a welcome guest of our show. So let's collaborate, communicate, and educate with the best educators in the world on Flipboard EDU Podcast. Hello, everybody. I would like to welcome you to Flipboard EDU Fridays. We have a special guest, Mr. Carl Hooker. Carl is an amazing person. He has been a teacher in Austin ISD, graduated from University of Texas. He has written for publications such as Edutopia, Huffington Post, presented at ISTE, has several books that are just bestsellers, The Mobile Learning Mindset. Carl also has some websites that are curated for innovation and education. So I'd just like to take this opportunity to welcome Carl to the show. Welcome, Carl.
0: Well, thank you, sir. I think, William, you and I met, uh, it would have been, I want to say, TCA a few years ago, if yes, I remember sir.
1: correctly. And,
0: uh, yeah, we've, we've, it's been great to stay connected with you. Thank you so much for having me on the show. I appreciate it.
1: Hey, man, I really appreciate it. And you have been instrumental in my career as digital learning specialist and then as an assistant principal. I always look back at your teams when you guys were at EANS ISD, how I felt that you guys were leading the nation with the iPad initiative and all the amazing things that you guys were doing with Dale, and you guys did so much, like we always looked up to your team.
0: Well, it's funny, you know, looking at all that work, I mean, it was, uh, I think we started in 2009 with our one-to-one, probably really kicking off full, full-fledged in 2011, which it, it's a decade ago, and it's amazing to see now, kind of, it took that long to really get the teachers kind of Im- embedded in it, I would say five to seven years, but uh, man, it is, it's been great now because they could be able to turnkey it when all this, of course, with the pandemic happening now, and you know, I'll be able to turnkey that. And,
2: uh,
0: I hear a lot, I don't work there anymore, but I do hear a lot of good stories coming out of there. So I'm glad that, that all that work and that ground laying that we did is finally coming to fruition.
1: You have the remote learning toolkit and you also have the learning unleashed podcast through ISTE. So, Hey, you're doing something, man.
0: <laughs> trying. I've tried, you know, my, my passion is public speaking and I don't know if you've heard, but, uh, there ain't much public speaking going on right now. So <laughs> I, I found different ways to keep myself occupied just to, just for the sanity of my wife and my kids. I need to be able to do so. So, yeah, creating lots of different things, trying to get stuff out there for people, for educators, for parents, just to help them. Uh, as
2: we're all kind of scrambling through this right now.
1: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So I'm going to turn it over to Dr. Milstead. Dr. Milstead, go ahead and take it away.
2: First of all, Carl, I just want to welcome you to Flipboard EDU. It is certainly a pleasure to have you. Carl, you know, in a, in a, you mentioned earlier that you also do public speaking. In addition to being a dynamic keynote speaker, you also conduct much professional development. I'm just wondering, during this period of COVID-19, where, you know, the traditional teaching and learning, has taken a temporary backseat to online instruction. Do you feel that this is an appropriate time to engage educators in PD training?
0: I'll say yes and no, just to be a little <laughs> be a little uh, ambiguous there. And I'll say the yes part is, I think right now you can do small bite-sized things for teachers, and that means like one little step tutorial, a one-minute quick little hit. I mean, podcasts like this help a lot too, because teachers can kind of have those going on as they're going through their day. Little things that they can kind of pick up tidbits on I think any type of what you and I might consider full-fledged PD, where they're like sitting for a six-hour day inside a training room or even virtually for six hours. I think right now that would, I I don't think they're at capacity. I feel like what we're doing, and I know this from all my teachers I've been talking to in school districts I work with across the country, is what I call educational triage right now. We're just trying to kind of get through and make sure that the kids are getting some learning done and we're kind of learning as we go. So I I think right now is probably not the time for what I would call full-fledged, but I think it is the right time for that kind of just-in-time bite-sized PD that, that you can, a lot of districts can offer. I
2: think, you, I think you're correct, right on point with that. And I noticed that you have several YouTube videos out that kind of address that point. You have one that's called Beginner's Toolkit for Teaching Remotely. There's another one, Parent Guides to Home Learning. They're the best tools for communicating to remote uh, learners. little brief snippets of uh, PDs that you currently have on, on YouTube.
0: Sure. So, you know, putting kind of my, my practice where my mouth is in this case, I, 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 <laughs> I tell people, you know, don't have right. these super long recordings or videos or anything like that. So what I did is I kind of made some quick hitting little five minute YouTube videos uh, called Remote mm. Hacks. And the idea right. is, you know, again, as a teacher, as a parent, as an administrator, watch one of those. And it's just jam packed with little tidbits of information. Hopefully something in there can grab, you know, it's a lot of it's a fire hose. Don't get me wrong. It's like, I'm going to give you a ton of information in five minutes. But my hope is that you can pick one or two things that will just help you with your practice. And so for me, I'm trying this out with YouTube, which I've been using on and off for years, but I've never actually used it with the kind of the kind of steady hand that I'm trying to do with it. Now, usually I go to my blog for that. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm trying to convert all that to YouTube because I feel like teachers don't even have time to read a blog. So I'm like, if I can give them I'll have them the blog content, but if I can give them the YouTube channel, they can watch that for, for five minutes. I feel like that's getting a pretty good response.
2: Right. Okay, great. That's fantastic. I'm going to go ahead on and pass the ball over to our good friend, uh, Stacy. Stacy, do you have anything that you need to, to ask Carl about?
3: Yes, thinking about with him, talking about what he has going on with his, um, doing the five-minute videos. I think that's a great way to keep them engaged. And it kind of made me think about back a TCA presentation that I, I went to, to watch, Jessica or not watch, but I attended a presentation by Jessica Winston on Flipgrid, and I'm always thinking about how do I get the teachers involved in and in want wanting to learn more. And uh, keeping it short was such a good point to me that I couldn't help but think about the the presentation with Flipgrid and how I liked Flipgrid, but I struggled with getting teachers to use it because of the video part for students, and that tends to make new. Digital teachers that are trying to go digital, it makes them a little bit more nervous. So, it helped me see Flipgrid in a different and more creative way. And if you talked about several types of tools that you can use at the as an at home learner, so thinking about that, she showed me in a different way is not just teach students providing the videos, but now teachers can provide the videos, and it's right. just. A creative way. And I was thinking, what tools do you like to use? And, and what have you seen that was very creative and used differently than what you've seen before?
0: Before we go into too many new tools, you know, for right now, especially as, as Dr. Mill said, we were talking about, you don't want to introduce too much innovative things at this moment, of course, but having a toolkit like a tool like Flipgrid was one I was thinking of originally when you were talking about it, you know, even for the teacher that is, let's say, hesitant to put their own face on camera. What I love about that tool is that you can now throw up a whiteboard up there, you can have it actually drawing and annotating while you're speaking over it, which is something they didn't have You know, up until the last year or so, I like to use that. Those are great go to tools. Anything that you can get to, I would say that has that allows you to be creative fairly quickly, that fairly what I would call device agnostic, meaning you can get to it on any device. We don't know what's happening at home with a lot of our learners. You know, they could have access to a computer, but maybe they don't. Maybe it's just mom's smartphone or maybe it's they're sharing a tablet or something. So, I would say any tools that teachers are using to make sure that they're fairly device agnostic, kids can get to them on a browser. <coughs> Flipgrid's great for that because you could just go straight to a code. Of course, when it comes to like content delivery, I, I would try to avoid the big clunky LMS types. You don't know, I mean, Google Classroom, or just keeping it clean with an email, even is what a lot of our teachers have done just in terms of setting those, uh, those instructions out. So, trying to keep it fairly light on that end. I will tell you, as a parent on the back end with three kids, getting three different sets of instructions from three different platforms, even all in the same elementary school, can be a little unnerving sometimes. And luckily, I'm a tech person, but I can only imagine what a household just like how, how do we even get to all this stuff right so I would say again going back to your tools even even creative tools I would say just make sure that whatever you're using um, that it's fairly simple the kids can get on it fairly quickly you want and what's great is we now have a lot of these available to us so I think I think in the past this might have been a struggle but even just something like Flipgrid or I like explain everything I love book creator which is another great one for just kind of keeping kids having a, a personal journal or a reflection of this experience I have my kids writing every day in that where they just kind of post a little audio note and write a take a picture and write a little bit and I'm just having them journal it in Book Creator. And it's a link. So teacher can see all of it on our virtual bookshelf. So I love that tool as well.
3: That's a good point with saying with your three kids and and having no different platforms. Because for me, I was thinking next year as our district goes one-to-one thinking about, uh, oh, maybe at this level, I'll do Seesaw. But this level, I'll do Flipgrid. And really, reality is, it's probably better to just try to keep it as consistent all the, you know, throughout the whole, all the grades to help with at-home learning and in-class learning. And then the older siblings might be able to help those younger siblings.
0: Yeah, ideally, I mean, we uh, in my previous district, we went K4 with the Seesaw platform and then we went five to 12 with Google Classroom thinking having those outgoing elementary kids be ready for what they were going to use in middle school and high school. And that worked out fairly well. It's still two platforms, but they're pretty, pretty light, I would say, in terms of logging in. Yeah. So anything you can, anytime you can shore that up that was my I, one of my big things with the with the toolkit was talking about that first step of consistent communication and that is really making sure that you know, you're scheduling your stuff you're sending it out at a consistent time this goes well well before this pandemic too by the way i mean this should be something we should be doing anyway but and then also making sure that you're all being consistent on your tool usage you're not saying all right today you got to go to right. remind and see what the message is and tomorrow you got to go to blooms and tomorrow you got you know and the next day somewhere else so just keeping those things consistent i think helps
3: keeping them simple yep and, and see and <laughs> yep. with creativity that communication just falls right into place there doesn't it i uh, I often hear adults talking about how students don't know how to communicate face-to-face. So they're either texting or playing online games and they, they communicate well that way, but you put them in front of each other, they struggle with that. So how can these tools foster communication in a physical world while maintaining that virtual piece of the classroom?
0: Yeah. And I think you, so you've got two different uh, strategies here when it comes to communication on that front, you can do the asynchronous model, which is where you're kind of recording things. The kids are recording it. Um, and again, Flipgrid is a great tool for that because you can actually see their face you know, a teacher can post something. Seesaw also works for that with a teacher can post a video and the kids can reply. But for most, for the most part, what I see a lot of uh, schools doing is also a combination of what I call synchronous learning too. So you have a virtual classroom set up. You're going on a Zoom or a Google Hangout or some sort of uh, just-in-time actual learning where kids are learning how to interact with a tool that even honestly a lot of adults still struggle with. I don't know if you guys heard about all the Zoom bombing that was happening, <laughs> right. you know, a couple of weeks ago. So um, when I'm watching my first, second, and my first, second, and fifth grader use it, it's funny because they have to learn now what the etiquette is for unmuting your microphone, you know, how to have eye contact with the screen and the camera. Um, So it's a new set of tools that they're going to need anyway in the future, but now we're definitely, we definitely see that need uh, today.
1: In honor of Teacher Appreciation Week, Janet Spire has done it again. She has created a 23-second video on how to integrate content from Twitter into Flipboard. In just under 10 steps, your Twitter feed will be fliptastic. Shout out to Janet Spire for creating how-tos to help a teacher flip. That's right. Hashtag help a teacher flip is a legit thing in 2020. Thanks, Janet, for all you do. Do you know what time it is? It's time for Flip Tip. Today's Flip Tips are brought to you by the homegirl, Terry Porter. Flipboard and hashtag. Are they a match made in heaven? Well, if you're a Flipboard curator, then you'll be searching for content on Flipboard for your magazines. Don't just stop at regular searches. You need to search using hashtags on Flipboard too. This blog post can be found on medium.com and in our Flipboard EDU podcast magazine written by none other than Terry Porter. Hey, Terry, thanks for sharing. Man, we had a blast recording this episode. Come back next week because we got a lot more for you with my homeboy, Carl Hooker. We want to end this in the spirit of Teacher Appreciation Week by honoring educators who curate on Flipboard. Shout out to Josh Allen. What's up, Josh? Shout out to Linda Bernstein. Hey, Linda. Clay Rosler, Michael James, Liz Cho, Wesley Fryer, and Brett Bornstad. Learn more about them on the Flipboard for Educators blog. I want to personally thank all of my own teachers. And my mentors for helping me be the person that I am. And also, I want to thank you, educators out there who are listening to this program and who are changing lives for students. Trust me, you are very, very important and you deserve to be recognized. Also, I want to give a huge shout out to Flipboard for allowing us to do this the way we do it and to have fun doing it. We'll see you next week. Carl Hooker will be back. And trust me, he's dropping more knowledge than books in college. We will see you later.
0: Flipboard EDU podcast is a great resource for teachers, students and administrators.